0: Technically, it's three camps. We have three different encampments. Camp Brookwoods. Brookwoods. Camp Deer Run. Camp Deer Run. River Outpost. Three
1: camps. Moreau and Brookwoods. Deer Run.
0: River Outpost.
2: The Three Camps Podcast. With your hosts, John Cooper and Seth Coates. Three
3: camps. Three camps.
2: Before we get started on today's episode, I have a very special guest in studio with me. Her name is Clara Cooper. Clara, hello. Hello. Clara, for the audience, how old are you? Six. Okay. And, Clara, do you prefer the top bunk or the bottom bunk, and why?
0: Top bunk.
2: Okay, why the top bunk?
0: Because it's so high, and, like, I like it high.
2: Oh. You're not afraid of being up high? No. <laughs> okay, good to know. If I had to ask you, what's the best girls camp ever, what would you say?
0: Um, I think I'll go with Deer Run. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a good answer. All right, so Clara, at what? Deer Run, yeah. who do you think of when you think of somebody who's like, they work so hard and they make Deer Run so awesome?
0: Somebody from, like, the bowling family.
2: Interesting. Which one? Because you could almost use all of them.
0: I would go with Miss Mary Beth.
2: Miss Mary Beth?
0: Yeah. Because she's a leader and that's very hard work. She's a good baker. Okay. She she works hard. Mm Mm-hmm. She's very kind and nice. Yeah. And... She's a part of the Girl Camp. I think that's awesome. She's a very good woman.
2: Mm-hmm. She also happens to be the mother of two of your best friends, right? Yes. Who are they?
0: Um, Tennessee and Savannah. Mm-hmm. They're just very good friends. They they're very nice and kind, like their mother is.
2: And Miss Mary Beth played a big part in their lives, didn't she?
0: Oh, yeah. She
2: still does, I guess.
0: She still does.
2: So, Clara, we're doing a whole episode on heroes at camp. And people are calling in and talking to us about some of their heroes. Would you say that Mary Beth is kind of like one of the heroes of Deer Run? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And we have you on the show. Do you want to take a moment and say hi to anyone else besides... Your favorite bowling women?
0: Well, some of my other best friends, I would think Georgia, Annie, and Ellen.
2: Those are good ones. All right. Um, Thank you for coming on the show.
0: You're welcome.
2: Should we start the episode now?
0: Yes. Episode 8, baby. Let's get into it.
2: Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of the three camps podcast. I'm one of your hosts John Cooper with me is the better host Seth coach. Seth, how are you today? <laughs> I don't know that I'm better,
4: but I'm
2: doing good today way better. And then Seth, we are joined in studio with royalty. We have with us Mike Brigham, the man, the myth, the legend. Hi, Mike.
1: Yo, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a buildup. My name is Mike Brigham, and I've been at camp for 20 years. This will be my 21st summer, and I'm on the facilities department.
2: Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Mike, we ask everyone uh, on our show here, if you
1: had to pick the top bunk or bottom bunk, which would it be and why? Well, it might be a surprise to people, but I am a total bottom bunk. Okay, why? Uh, Closer to the ground. Okay.
2: Yeah. You like to live near the ground? I do.
1: Okay. I do. Yeah. Anybody yeah. that knows me. Knows that.
2: <laughs> great.
4: Mike, I need to know, is this your first time on something that will go out to a mass audience? First
2: time ever. Wow. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm a little nervous. You're doing great. You guys it's are, you are intimidated Once or twice, we'll be okay. All right. So, Mike, as you know, I mean, everyone, it's funny with Mike, because you think, does everyone know Mike, or does anyone know Mike? And obviously, it's both. But Mike is like one of the backbone members of this place, and we're just happy to have you, man. Uh,
1: Glad to be here. Uh,
2: so I thought, Seth, uh, because coming up shortly from, the, from now will be a recurring thing. It usually happens once a year. In fact, in 2019, I would have started in May, and the very first weekend that I cooked for everyone was man camp. Mm. Now, that was a complete and total blur to me. So there's a lot about man camp that I still don't fully understand because what people may or may not know is that, and we could talk about this, but after the first year of man camp, you know, we get COVID and then we had about 25 guys who remained distant. We only did outside stuff, but that showed up and did another round of man camp, which was also pretty awesome just because you think it was right at the height of things and people were like, no, we still want to see this place get, you know, treated well and, and beefed up and for those who don't know, one of the amazing things about man camp is, you know, a ton of guys come break bread together, pray together, worship together. And then they are so crucial in helping us get this place up and running uh, for summer camp. And you do the same thing, right? At MRO. Yeah,
4: We uh, we don't call it man camp. We just call it a work weekend. Okay. Um, because true to the nature of MRO, it's a co-ed experience. Um, hmm. Husbands and wives have come. Sometimes a group of men from a church will come. Sometimes a whole family unit will come. Um, and we've only been doing that up north probably for, well, I don't know, maybe six, six or so years. But, you, Mike, you guys, do you remember what year the first man camp was? I, I can't think, even think.
1: I think it was around 2010 or 11. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's been interesting to see the dynamics of the group change. Because in the beginning we were getting dads and sons, yeah, but it was dads who had come to camp, mm. so they were like in their seventies, and their sons were in their forties. Oh yeah, and now we're getting those sons coming with their sons. Wow, and who so are younger, have, right? Like yeah, in the like twelve to yeah. like sixteen kind of yep. category. Yeah. So that's, that's been real really cool, cool. to yeah. see through the years, and plus the the uh, the numbers have just multiplied through those years too. Yeah. So
2: Yeah, Yeah.
4: there was a period of time when I was in like an operations role here at Brookwoods um, for like eight months of the year and then I would still go back up north. But um, I had this idea, I was running, I was like the host for Man Camp. I did the back behind the scenes stuff. Um, Mike and the guys were the ones out there making it happen, Steve mm-hmm. and Matt. And um, But I had this idea that maybe Man Camp could be so cool that it would draw somebody to it, mm. right? Like maybe one of our dads or sons that were attending this thing would invite some other family that had no other connection to this place. Mm. And I think we saw that happen the last year that I ran it, which would have
1: been, Definitely, yeah. I don't even remember, yeah. 2017 maybe. Right, right. And that that had continued to happen. I mean, we, I think the last one in uh, 2019, uh, which was your first year, John, they, Yeah, they, uh, the group was huge. And it was a lot of people who had never heard of camp before. Yeah. Uh, There's just been great stories for the years. We had one guy who had come with some guys who were associated with camp, and him coming away for the weekend, he told his daughter he was going to prepare her birthday present. And they were sending her to camp for the first time that year. That's awesome. So he couldn't wait. Like her birthday was like the next weekend. He couldn't wait to go home and tell her what it was he was preparing. That's cool. And he had done some painting or construction while he was here, but I thought that was the coolest thing. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah.
4: Mike, give us just a nugget on like how much an event like this, whether it's it's a, a family event or man camp or kind of the weird thing that we did last year as we were starting up. Give us an idea of how much of a shot in the arm that is for you guys and for this place.
1: Yeah, ma- man camp is huge. Um, we get probably, I think it was calculated one one year that we got a month's worth of work done in two days Wow! because of all the extra hands. And if it was just myself, Matt and Rob, it would have taken us a month anyway to complete the work. Hmm. So it's huge for us in in that preparation time for camp.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, I want to say to people, you know, we're coming off a year of kind of not having one. I mean, we had a smaller one, right? The list is probably longer than it's been in other times. And you know not only that but um this year we're gonna have a family camp um but we want to encourage any men who are listening or even women listen tell your husbands get out of the house i'm sick of you <laughs> come up to brookwoods and deer run uh i promise i'll make some good food do we have dates guys do we know what those we are? do
1: uh it starts may 14th that's a friday night and it runs through sunday afternoon
2: okay and if you wanted to get in contact with somebody we think it's tim nielsen yep Which would be Tim at ChristianCamps.net. Yeah. So that's the closest thing that we've ever done on this podcast that sounds like a commercial. And the truth is, Seth and I are kind of passionate about this not really being a place for commercials for camp. Um, Really, we want to just go for engagement. We want people to be connected to what happens here at the places that they love. And for sure, I mean, keeping people up on some of the news or the goings-on is a way to stay connected. But if I can just be honest with you, Seth and I really wanted to have Mike bring him on. Mike and Seth are so passionate about Man Camp that it felt like a nice place to start. What may be confusing is that, as you heard from the top, this is going to be a podcast about unsung heroes. In a weird way, Man Camp is kind of an unsung hero into itself because there's so much stuff that goes on here that really makes camp possible. And same with MRO. A little later on in the show, we will have Mike in to kind of discuss his unsung hero. And a couple of thoughts, you know, we have some people in studio and we have some voicemails that you have sent in. And as you may have noticed in the title of this episode, this is only the first part of our Unsung Heroes. So that means we'll be still taking any that you want to call in with nine seven eight three zero eight two six seven nine. We have a bunch already submitted. They're all great. This is kind of a fun idea for us. And today we're just going to tackle a few kind of in a rapid fire style. And so without further ado, sit back, relax. We're glad you're with us. Let's get heroic. He's gotta First off, we have our Brookwoods director, Ben Tabone, talking about his unsung hero. I'm curious if
4: you have a camp hero in the last four years, somebody that's either had an impact on you or somebody that's meaningful to you here at this place.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody I really enjoy working with in the summertime that maybe not everybody knows uh, is Eric Schumann. Uh, he, he comes up with his family in the summertime. His wife serves as a, the deer run camp pastor. He'll serve as the uh, assistant director at Brookwoods and the basic coordinator. And I always joke with Eric that, you know, he would make a great director, and I'd make a great assistant director. <laughs> uh, but we have a lot of fun in the summer. Uh, just, I think we both, at this point, uh, know what each other are thinking. Uh, I just really respect him. He's just very uh, strong in his faith, uh, just has a, uh, a great love for his family, and then also camp, and it really relates well to uh, the, the, the guys in the bear cabin, the girls in the impala cabin. And just really sets a good tone for that and also is really able to lead those counselors well and the rest of the staff. So uh we have a lot of fun uh in the summertime, but also I just respect him a lot.
2: That's yeah, such a great call. Eric's he's such a good guy. You know, <clears throat> if if I don't want to step on this, but he's a guy that like you I don't know, this is gonna sound a little weird, but you just get a sense of the Lord, of Jesus. Like he yeah. he is like a very uh genuine person and he I think he in a very real and authentic way keeps a good standard to Mm -hmm. people around him. Like he'll kind of elevate the conversation. He'll elevate the mood. You know, he's such a great guy. Yeah. Good call. That's a great one. Should have been mine. (laughs) Our next guest is a guy by the name of Adam Derby. Adam was the one who kind of put this voicemail to us in the very beginning. If you've listened to the podcast, you've probably heard it. And this was his idea to kind of highlight some unsung heroes at camp, people that come for a couple of years, do a really awesome job and then kind of continue on with their lives. So anyway, we bring in Adam Derby. Adam, how are you today?
5: Pretty good. How are you guys?
2: good
4: we're doing good we don't love the snow that's yeah. falling from the sky right now it's snowing it's probably not snowing you
2: know, in, in nashville, nashville. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: well listen man thanks for coming on with us thanks for this great idea uh you were actually one of the first ones to pitch us a good idea so we say thanks and uh real quick um as i understand you were never a camper but how long were you at on staff at camp
5: yeah so i worked for a couple summers on trip staff um and then i did couple summers with the LDPs um, for total of five summers. And I spent like a year and a half with George on conference staff.
2: Nice, nice. And um, you've heard listening to the podcast, so you know what's coming, but what would you choose? What would you prefer, the top bunk or the bottom bunk?
5: I mean, I have to say the top bunk um, because I do feel like the majority of the time they win the uh, cabin contest. So if if I have a choice and my campers are divided up by cabin, I'm I'm choosing the
2: top bunk side. <laughs> so hang on, it's not just Deer Round then, huh? It's Brookwood's too that it, does this. It
4: crosses the line and made it all the way across Herd Brook to Brookwood's. Would anyone do this in Moose River Outpost? I don't know. We need we need to find out. <laughs> Sounds discriminatory. I don't know. I could be wrong. We sometimes do split <laughs> the games that way though. Do you really? Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay,
2: so this is a thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is great. Uh, Adam. You, you came on talking about a guy, Ian Myers, um, who I had said on, on one of our promos for this, I had never met him. But uh, g- give us a little more about what you said was great. But what what do you remember about Ian? What, what about him jumped out at you as one of these unsung heroes?
5: Um, yeah, so the day that I showed up at the airport, um, there were two guys that uh, picked me up. One was Mike Brigham and one was Ian Myers. Um, I think Ian was, um, an LDP counselor that summer, um, and just watching him the entire summer, he was always very kind to me, um, made fun of me a lot, which is my kind of humor. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, yeah, just the way he loved his campers and the way he, he never acted differently with his campers. I would say he, he was who he was with them all the time. And you could really see that he had a passion for them. He really wanted them to learn. He really wanted them to grow. Um, and I would just see him in all aspects of of camp life being an exceptional person that I wanted to be more like.
2: Mm. Mm. Uh, You know, I followed up with some people around here and just asked about Ian. And, and that was everyone's report. You know, solid guy. Loved the work. Did great work. Uh, and, you know, he seems like a perfect example of what we're going after here. So that's a really good one. I also wanted to have you on, Adam, because when we chatted offline, you had mentioned somebody else. I haven't told Seth who it is yet. But uh, you had one more unsung camp hero.
5: Yeah, so it's funny. The two people that I met when I pulled up to the airport, um, or rather got off a flight, um, were the two people that came to mind when I thought of this topic. Um, So Ian being one and Mike Brigham being the other. Um, Like I mentioned, I spent... um, a year and a half, almost two years at camp in the uh, conference staff capacity. And Mike is someone who lives behind the scenes. There's no, there's no way around it. You never see him anywhere near the front. Um, But he is the guy that gets everything done. And that's really great. Um, And I think what a lot of people miss about Mike is that there are this really small group of people who live at camp for longer. Maybe they just stay for a couple of weeks after camp, or maybe they're there a couple of weeks early. Um, and Mike, every year, takes it upon himself to be with those people um, and to just mentor them. And uh, for me, at a time in my life that was really hard, Mike was always there for me. Um, I would eat dinner at his house. I would go out to eat with him. We would go paddle on the lake. Um, we would go hiking together. And those are things that I really treasure because it was someone who is at a different phase of life than I was, but someone that always intimately cared about me and what I was going through. Um, any problem I had, he was willing to listen as dumb as, um, I think of those problems now. Mike was always there, always willing to listen,
2: mm.
5: um, and never made me feel like I couldn't share something with him.
2: Yeah,
4: that's
2: such a good call, isn't it? Seth? Oh,
4: totally. I mean, I've yeah. always so I, I've yeah, I always have felt like Mike is a, a hidden gem at this yeah. place. Yeah. Right. Like he's he's on our facility staff, and he's always like you said, he's not out front in anything.
2: But man, would I miss him if he wasn't here? I know. He's the silent storm. You know, it's funny. Like he, uh, he was one of the first guys I met here at camp 2, And I just realized in my initial meeting, I had not not really misjudged him. I just didn't know how how great he was. You don't get that right away. You, he's like the slow burn guy. You know, he's he's great. And that's a good call, Adam. I'm glad you brought that one up. Okay, so Seth, as the keeper of the voicemail um i thought it'd be fun just to play you a couple of these and have you you know kind of instantly react to them great all right so first up we've got joe layman i'm just gonna fire away on his voicemail
6: hi john hi seth this is joe layman i want to share with you guys a story that happened back in 2000 that summer donna phil and i were at camp for the august session Donna was helping out in the office and at the loon, Phil was in the Bieber cabin, and I had the job of making the camp video for the month. One night, I went up behind the craft shop to film a Brookwoods junior unit Thunderball game. Thunderball is camp's version of dodgeball that's played on the tennis courts. An equal number of playground balls are placed on each side of the net, and at the starting signal, there's a mad rush to run, grab a ball, and hit an opponent before they can hit you. If you're tagged with a ball, you have to go to the other side of the net, stand behind the baseline, which is called the jail. To get out of jail, you have to catch a ball thrown by one of your teammates on the other side of the net. Thunderball gets intense, especially between the counselors. Because they're a lot bigger, after the first couple of minutes of each match, the counselors tend to dominate the action. This night was no exception. I took about 15 minutes of video, and then watched Phil and the rest of the boys playing the rest of the time. When the game ended, I went back to the AV room, still unaware that I had seen anything remarkable. All
2: right, I'm going to stop it there. Um, we'll come back to this. But have you ever played Thunderball?
4: Uh, we have. We call it something different, and it's, it's, but we have a similar, it's essentially the same game that we play up north.
2: Okay. I Somebody was like, in my first year, they're like, you ought to come watch this. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of busy doing other things. But uh, <laughs> I hear it's intense.
4: Go to our YouTube channel and watch the Thunderball video that we produced I th- maybe in the winter of 2018. Oh, really? Um, one of my favorite YouTube videos that we've ever produced. Really? Both because of um, Paul Vogie's intro, Supreme, and yeah. and then just, yes, you
2: will get the intensity of the game. Okay. All right. So you know enough then. You set the scene Now It's kind of cool what happens. So here we go.
6: It was only when I played back the tape from the game that I saw it. It was toward the end of one of the matches when most of the campers and a couple of the counselors were in jail. I watched as one of the counselors in jail leaped high into the air to catch a ball thrown by a teammate across the net. This leap carried him up and back, and as he started to come back down, it was clear he was going to land right on top of the camper who had been standing just behind him. Fortunately, another camper, counselor saw what was about to happen and swept in, picked up the camper, and spun him out of the way. That camper was my son, Phil. The counselor was Steve Mongelli. I'm not going to claim that this was some big heroic event, that Steve's attention and quick thinking saved my son's life or even kept him from being seriously injured. But I know Steve kept Phil from being knocked down, and he protected the thrill and the excitement and the sheer pleasure of being caught up in the moment of the game for my son. And that's why Steve has always been one of my camp heroes, because he protected my son in a moment of vulnerability in the chaos of a Thunderball game. And he didn't care that no one recognized what he had just done, not even me, though I had seen it happen with my own eyes. This happens every day at camp. There's so much going on and so many people involved. And it's these little moments of grace, then make camp such a special place.
4: That's great, pretty great, right? How crazy that! Like he filmed that, therefore, like he said, watched it with his own eyes, but didn't see it. Yeah, until later. Yeah, plays it back.
2: Now, I mean, Joe's probably being a little bit tempered, but who knows? I mean, that could have there could have been a little bit of an injury there. I mean, yeah. I hear people lay out for these, you know, for these catches, which
4: I think is nuts on a tennis court. Yes. We, yeah. we play it on grass and I, st- <laughs> I actually don't play anymore because I will get hurt every time. Oh man. I can't, I can't hold <laughs> myself
2: back. I just get way too into it. I'll throw my arm out every time. Sure. So a shout out to Steve Mongelli. Uh, that's, yeah. that's a hero move right there. And I think Joe's right. I love the end where he's like, these things happen all the time at camp, you yeah. know, people, just sort of do these things they go missed or they go, you know, sort of unsung and
4: well, and that's one of the things I love about Joe is that he sees that recognizes it and slows down enough to yeah. recognize it. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause we see all this stuff and we have these moments, but like, do we really recognize it enough to acknowledge what it is? Like that yeah, is God's grace to fill in that moment and Steve for being such a stud for not even needing to have attention called to himself about it. Yeah. And Joe recognizes that.
2: I know. All right. So shout out to you, Steve Mongelli, your camp hero. And Joe, thanks thanks for calling in with that one. So, Seth, we've heard a couple of really good ones. And I know you haven't heard this one yet, but I think you're the perfect person to play this for. And I think you can really speak to this
7: been done. This is Anna Huebner. Um, I apologize if it's kind of noisy. I'm walking in school right now. Um, But I was thinking about the podcast prompt from a couple weeks ago, um, The Unsung Heroes of Camp. Alright,
2: I'm going to stop there. This is Anna Huebner, who you know. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, there's a little bit of sound quality here, but I think it's fine. Um, What do we need to know about Anna?
4: Yeah, so Anna is... Um, she's been around camp as long as I have. Oh really? Yeah. Her first summer at camp as a camper was 2010 and I want to say she was maybe like 13. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. And she's key member of our staff. She's been, she's done all the things. She's been a camper. She worked in our kitchen. She's been a counselor, head counselor. Um, She's actually coming this summer as our assistant director. Okay. Um, Adam has uh, taken a different position at a different company, and we will miss him dearly. Yes. Um, and Anna is love God's, you, Adam. Yeah, love Adam. <laughs> uh, miss him dearly. Yes. Uh, Anna will be Adam's replacement
2: for summer camp. Great. Okay, so here, here we'll continue with Anna's voicemail. I just wanted to quick set the scene.
7: But I think like the the really unsung heroes are. Our- um, the people who donate for the scholarship fund um, and I know that they're not like staff at camp and um, but I think that kind of even makes them more unsung if that makes sense because the the staff members at least get to get to see the impact that they have on the campers and um, sometimes
6: they don't always know
7: um, but these scholarship donors just give us their um, money just out of the generosity of their hearts and um, they never really see what happens as a result of it. Um, but I would never have ever come to camp if it weren't for scholarship donors. Um, and that, look at me now, like I'm I'm on staff at camp for seven years and um, camp's a huge part of my life and something that I want to pursue and it's all because I got scholarship. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think people who are unsung here is our scholarship donors definitely fall into that and I'm just grateful for the impact that they've had on my life and allowing me to be able to go to
4: camp there we go yeah I love that it's a perfect one it is perfect how unsung is that
2: yeah now you couldn't ever share with us people who have contributed to the scholarship fund but you're a part of a small group of people that really yeah. deals with this.
4: Yeah, so we have a small committee here at camp that once a week we review scholarship applications and then um, do the scholarship awards. So, mm. yeah, I'm on that team that helps make these connections between um, our, our, the money that donors have sent in to do just this, what Anna talked about, and make sure kids are able to come to camp. And uh, yeah, I can't, obviously can't give details obviously, but it's cool to sit on that committee and see um, pastors kids that are coming to camp and missionaries kids that are coming to camp and people that have just had a bad year, you know, maybe, mm. and they don't, their kids really wanna come and there. Maybe there's just no other way for them to make it happen this year. Um, single moms, I mean, it's every category of life out there. Um, we see that come through and it's Bob, uh, myself, a couple others. Uh, we just have this resolve that like money shouldn't be the thing that keeps kids from coming here. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, most years we don't quite give it all away. Um, and I always feel, I always wonder if there's families out there that haven't asked mm-hmm. either they don't want to or whatever circumstance. Um, And I always, I'm a little bummed by that. I want to give it all away Mm. every year. Mm. And I want all those kids that need to come to camp, want to come to camp to be able to come to camp.
2: Yeah. Well, good call Anna Huebner. Uh, And yes, I think shout out to all of you who have given to the scholarship fund and made donations and not a better version of an unsung hero. So that's a great one. so that's been the bulk of our episode. Seth, we've heard a lot of people come on and talk about their unsung heroes.
4: And quite a variety of heroes. Yeah,
2: yeah, and we thought we'd bring Mike back on to give us his unsung hero. Mike's been around, as he told us at the top, 20 years. I mean, I imagine, Mike, you've seen it all. I've seen a lot. Yeah, Um, (laughs) and you've heard us describe this now you have anyone in your life that you would say is kind of like a hero for you that has maybe gone under the radar?
1: I do. Um, there's a lot of people that I could say are my unsung heroes. Um, but one that really stands out, uh, is Joe Lehman. Um, I met Joe my first year here. Um, we kind of hit it off as friends and, um, our wives are both from New Jersey, and they really hit it off and um, spent a lot of time together during the summer. And at the end of the summer, they'd go back to Indiana, and you know we'd go back to our regular life here. And, uh, but it was always nice to see them when they'd show up in June. Um, in 2002, uh, Joe and Donna were here for half the summer, and uh, they left in the middle of July, um and how to go into this um in july july 23rd of 2002 uh i lost my wife in a car accident it was um devastating and Joe Lehman and Donna had just left camp to go back home, and uh, so Joe had called me to express his condolences and uh, shared with me that his first wife had passed away in the same manner. And uh, so he told me he wanted to do something for me, that he was gonna come back out in a couple of weeks, kind of when the dust would settle a little bit here. and. Uh, he just had a lot of wisdom he wanted to impart. Um, Joe arrived a couple weeks later, and uh, the first thing he did was take me into the family room and shut the door, and he asked me to tell him what's the one thing that I couldn't say to anybody else. And I was angry with God, I was in, not in a good place spiritually. and. Joe just was able to walk me through that. And uh, he was just such a huge support and encouragement to me. Um, Not just during the time that he spent with me in those few weeks, but Joe called me every night for the next two years, every Sunday night for the next two years. And uh, he would ask me how my week was. He would tell me what to expect in the week coming up as he had experienced all these things in losing his wife. And, uh, I, I just, it was such a God thing that he was here and that we were friends and looking back on it, you can see how God, you know, really, uh, puts people in your life because he knows you're going to need them. Yeah. And till this day, I mean, Joe and Donna had eventually moved out here and Joe is like my best buddy. I mean, we do a lot of hiking together. We hang out a lot together and, and uh, again he's just been a huge encouragement over almost the last 20 years you know in dealing with grief and uh just he knew the path i was walking because he'd walked it before yeah and uh he's definitely been my unsung hero i don't think people know a lot about joe and um just about uh the compassion he has for people Mm -hmm. And just what he does for this place, I mean he's <laughs> he's constantly out in the woods here with the leaf blower blowing off all our bike trails and he's he does a lot of work for us around camp uh, totally behind the scenes mm. and he um, he's just re- really a blessing to camp, but he is definitely a blessing to me and to my family. Mm. And you know you would resonate with this i've I've overlapped with Joe enough to taste a little
4: bit of what you just described that like, um i hate christian cliches but so you hear things like these phrases thrown around in christianity of like you walk alongside somebody when they're in a hard place and mm-hmm. these kind of things and like um cliches aside like joe is, is the real deal mm-hmm. when it comes to that stuff Joe's the one who stops yeah. into my office and takes the time to ask me and mm-hmm. really wants to hear right how my week's going right? right i don't have to just give him my one letter right i can actually tell him how my week's going
1: mm-hmm. and um I just love that and uh, and, uh, yeah well my time with him just reminded me so much uh, in the book of Job when Job is like at the end of his rope and it talks about how his friends just sat with him Mm. and Mm. that's what Joe did for me Mm. and uh, it was really you know till this day I mean I've had some rough patches along the way in the last 20 years and Joe's always been someone I could go to Mm.
2: Mike that is thank you and that is a perfect example of this. I mean that's what we want and mm-hmm. Joe is very unsung in that way because mm-hmm. I would have never known that. No, and there's a lot of people that would have never known right. that. So, and he's not asking for to to be known, you no. know, he's happy to do this stuff as a servant. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Sure. Okay, one more. This came in the 11th hour, the very last minute, but Scott Hodgson called in with a really great one. We're just going to play it for you now.
8: Hey, this is Scott Hodgson. Uh, I wanted to let you all know of one of my camp heroes, and that is Mike Brigham. A lot of people don't know Mike Brigham, but Mike serves in in the facilities role and and does so much around camp that uh, without Mike, camp would look a lot different. Uh, He... During conference season and throughout the year while campers aren't there, tackling a lot of big projects. Um, And while campers are there, he's the one that is going around and and helping keep camp clean, keep grass mowed. Um, And he just does it all, and he does it with a smile on his face. And one of the reasons why he's one of my heroes is just uh, he's been so faithful to the calling that's been put on his heart. We both arrived at camp, uh, the same summer back in 2000. And that summer, um, Mike's wife, Nancy, uh, passed away while, uh, the summer was going on. And you know, 21 years later, he's still serving and he's just been so faithful, uh, that it's just someone I've really just looked up to. And one of the reasons why is because he, embodies my life verse which is mark 10:45 for even the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and i've just continually seen mike serve for the past 21 years and has done uh done so with a smile on his face invests in the people that are put before him and is just someone I I just really look up to and uh, has really just been the hands and feet of Jesus to so many people. Uh, So my hero again, Mike Brigham. Love you, Mike.
2: Once again, a big thank you to all of our guests who came on the show today. Thanks to you, Mike Brigham. And Ben Tabone, Adam Derby, Joe Lehman, Anna Huebner, and Scott Hodgson. Thanks for playing a part and sharing your camp heroes. Once again, thanks for listening to our eighth episode. The Three Camps podcast is produced by Seth Coates and myself. We appreciate your encouragements that you've been sending in. We hope that you are also encouraged by this podcast. And I suppose I should just take a moment and say a very special thank you to Clara Cooper. Thanks for coming on the show. So long.
0: Knock, knock. Who's there? I will say. I will say who? Yes, they do.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Fell right into that one.
0: Yep. <laughs> do you know that one, Ethan?
2: I'm not sure if I do that one.
0: Bye, everyone.
2: Bye, everyone. <laughs>